Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Barry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of the Revisionist Booking, heard only on the Wrestling Perspective Network. I am the man with the magical voice. He is the man with the golden voice. And as always, Michael, you know what to say. You're welcome. And we are more than welcome to introduce our very special guest. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Huge. Dr. Huge, how are you doing tonight? Yes, thank you for having me on, guys. You know, big fan of revisionist booking and old pay-per-views, so I can't wait. Oh, yeah, definitely. This was a uh, definitely an interesting uh, interesting pay-per-view to go back and revise and eventually rebooking, but... Um, not to get too far ahead of herself, Michael. Hear any uh, good feedback from last uh, last week or no? Yeah, I think you know uh, it was it was a fun show. Uh, really enjoyed our, our guest Chris uh, from uh, Broken but uh, Glorious podcast. So I think it was a blast. It was a fun time. Yeah, definitely appreciate everybody tuning into that one. That was a fun one. You know, not that not that this week's not going to be fun, but you know, every every show we do is always fun to go back and, like I said revise a lot of these old pay-per-views bring back those old uh those old memories and some good some bad but hey what are you gonna do can it can all be picture perfect um so this week we are going over in your house six which had the tagline rage in the cage um which i'm pretty sure you probably couldn't get away with saying that today on a pay-per-view but this came to us on february 18th 1996 uh, from the Louisville Gardens in Louisville, Kentucky, before 5,500 fans. And the uh, February 19th of this year will be the 23rd anniversary of this pay-per-view, which boggles my mind. It makes me feel a little bit older than I probably should be. But, yeah, this card was a fairly interesting card. We saw the free-for-all, which... For those listeners that haven't listened to this podcast before, thank you for listening for the first time, first of all. And second of all, where have you been? Uh, but 
the free for all was a uh, uh, kind of a pre-show where you could basically it was a free match for all, so it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, yeah, I think it's it, I think it's similar to uh, t- today's day and age. Back then, you didn't have social media uh, like you do mm-hmm. today, so typically you'll see WWE the kickoff show or at least the beginning of the kickoff show, you will you can catch that on Twitter. So think of it kind of like that, but for cable TV. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those old school satellite dishes that were like 60 feet tall or something, but I, I exaggerate, obviously. But So Dr. Uh, so, Dr. Huge, do you do you remember watching the, uh, the free-for-all shows back in the day? I actually, I'd never caught many of those, but I definitely remember the In Your Houses and the Shawn Michaels mullets and... These and bullets and all that stuff. It was awesome. That era is what brought me back into uh, wrestling because I kind of like lost it in the early 90s. But around 94, 95, 96, close to 95, 96, um, you know, it was getting a little more edgy, you know, with these mm. click and all that. So I definitely remember that era, but not the uh, the matches, the pre-show matches. Kind of like the online stuff they used to do. I, ne- I could never remember that stuff or get into that stuff back then. Yeah, this was when, before Michael, before we started recording with you, Dr. Hooch, Michael and I were discussing about, um, this was kind of that uh, turning point uh, that the WWE, WWF at that time saw where they're kind of moving towards that edgier type of product that, you know, they're trying to get away from the old gimmicks and all that jazz, but... Um, yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely a good time to start, start back again, uh, in 96. Uh, we actually, it's funny that you brought up a mullet, the mullets. Yeah. The first match, the free for all featured, well, two mullets, uh, was, uh, Tatanka taking on Jake, the snake Roberts. Uh, this was the heel Tanaka or Tanaka Tatanka, excuse me. And uh, he was flanked by Ted DiBiase. So we saw Jake Roberts go over Tatanka uh, in this match uh, as well. Uh, we also saw a number of dark matches. Uh, they didn't specify whether they were before, before or after the event, so I'm just going to do them now. Uh, we saw Ahmed Johnson defeat uh, Isaac Yankum, a.k.a. Kane, a.k.a. Mayor Kane. Uh, and then the second match, we saw the Godwins, Henry O and Phineas with Hillbilly Jim defeat the Body Donis, Skip, Zip, and the very Roll Tide Sonny. Uh, so yeah, this was definitely a pay-per-view that we saw a lot of the matches, you know, the dark matches and the free-for-all were actually about, some, some of them were better than the actual matches on the card, so... Uh, and then I guess you could say the main event of the dark matchers was for the Intercontinental Championship, which pitted the champion Goldust defeating by countout, or excuse me, the, uh, the Undertaker defeating Goldust via countout. Uh, I don't understand how this was not on the main card. You know, maybe that's something that we'll get into later, um, not to, you know, call anybody out with that but um yeah i think i think i think to interject real quick i I mean i would imagine 
given how this and I don't want to you know jump ahead here, but the way we'll get to and how this pay-per-view kind of ended i don't know that you would want to have the undertaker on another card previous to i think that was kind of the reasoning here um that mm. they would want to have you know undertaker kind of show up uh for that moment and then you know then maybe you know after they go dark uh going dark of course meaning that uh the mm. camera stopped rolling and it's for the live crowd live audience only um I, so I, I think that's why you saw the undertaker in, in this dark match Mm. Yeah, it, it was just it was just weird to see the Undertaker not be on the main card, but especially at this time, he was kind of in that lim- oh. the in limbo's kind of seeing what where to go next after this, you know that that the, the character kind of you know got a little got a little stale, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I just think I mean he wasn't scheduled in a match, sure, but it wasn't like he wasn't on the main card. It's just that he his, he had a run in appearance, so to speak. Um, but, of course, you'll get to that here in a minute. So we're going to get over to the main card now. We're going to start with the opening match of the evening, which pitted the Razor Ramon against the 1-2-3 Kid in a crybaby match out of all types of matches. I had no idea what this was, and looking at it, looking back at it. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, at the Bell had to ring. It was they could have basically done away with the stipulation, which basically said that whoever lost had to wear a diaper. Uh, well, it didn't really do much for me. How about you guys? No, I mean, I think, you know, in, in looking at this match, uh, to still align from you, it was what it was, right? So at the end of the day, I just don't know that. I think these two are together because obviously – we know now they're good friends backstage. They're both a part of the clique. And I, I think that it made sense to put them together in that aspect. But um, as far as for the crowd and everything, I think, you know, this is a backstory that goes all the way back to when Sean Waltman, of course, known as the one, two, three kid. Um, I think he was a lightning kid actually at the time, but he scored the upset victory over Razor Ramon and that kind of started everything. But, you know, here we see the roles reverse. So you have Razor Ramon as the face or good guy and going up against a heel one, two, three kid with million dollar man in his corner. It was what it was. It it did seem a little bit clunky, um, but I think these two work together and, you know, kind of that's what happens with the curtain jerker, jerker spot on the card, at least back in this era for the WWF back in this time. So I think that's why you saw that here. And I always love Razor Ramon, especially and one, two, three kids, six or X Pac or whatever you want to call him. Ted DiBiase as a manager at this time, especially with the ringmaster, was pretty awesome. But I love, uh, you know, Razor Ramon getting the win. It's it, that's kind of what you would expect, right? So that's kind of why it's a little vanilla with everything else. But for the time period and stuff, this is uh, you know, the three legends: Razor mm-hmm. Ramon, One Two Three Kid, Million Dollar Man. You can't really miss with that. Hey, Doctor Hughes, quick question for you. So you you watched this uh, back when it first came out, right? As a kid, were you yeah. were you a child? So, or like maybe you were a teenager like me. So when you saw Razor Ramon kind of do his toothpick gimmick deal or whatever, did you used to like kind of emulate that like when you, as a kid? Oh yeah, all the bad guy stuff. Like yeah, wrestling was huge, especially in the area I'm from, you know, Boston area. Everybody was in the wrestling for like 
you know, it's weird. Like, nowadays when you say certain guys' names, even like Seth Rollins, sometimes people are like, you know, the normies out there are like, huh? But around here, everybody knew all the wrestling gimmicks and would goof about it. So, yeah, the, the whole flicking of the toothpick and the bad guy, and he was super over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you know, obviously being a Hall of Famer that he is, and uh, Sean Waltman being a future Hall of Famer, hopefully, as, as well. So. Uh, so we had our next match, which was a, well, oh, can it I was tell, a match. Can I tell you how I ended uh, that uh, last match, though? I would have booked it like this. Once again, Razor Ramon wins, but he wins because the one, two, three kid jumps off the top rope to the outside. And uh, gives himself a second concussion on the concrete, and then counts himself out. I honestly thought you were gonna say that he was gonna jump, like jump down and give himself a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, no. that's that's for the Charlotte Flair match later when she shows up, you know, <laughs> giving out wedgies. Yeah, I don't even think Charlotte Flair was born when this match came out, was she? Uh, probably not, but I'll fit her in there. Well, you know what? Ric Flair was giving wedgies. How about that? We'll work it in somewhere. There you go. Give, we'll give, give us a woo. <laughs> <laughs> so we we had a uh, up and comer in the next match who is uh, very well known today. You may know him, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, taking on a garbage man. Oh my god! Uh, so uh, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> like I said, you got you got good matches on this card. You got some of uh, not so good. This is one of them. We saw Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeat Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Uh, obviously, we saw a little bit of build up to this. Uh, not really anything to write home about. Uh, so we really won't spend too much time on it. I wish we um, could. Like I, I wish we could say we saw Hunter's shovel make its debut here, but. I don't think there was much getting uh, a garbage man over in any era or any scenario. Yeah. You don't the dumpster? Yeah. Well, you know... Yeah. You know, like the nickname, Dumpster? Wouldn't that be amazing to make a dumpster these days, too, with all the, like the kids saying trash and dumpster fire and all that? Yeah. Well, maybe if they like wheel him out in a dumpster, maybe he'd get over. <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, Terry, Terry Terry Funk wasn't there yet, but no, I I think you know, I I think what they could have done here, but it, I don't know. They were kind of getting risque by this point. Is you know, I mean the old the old stereotype, right? He could have been like a, an undercover mobster or something, but you know his front was that he was a garbage man. I think they could have did a little bit more than just have him be an actual garbage man. I mean, right, an so. Italian garbage man. There you go, Stu Nod. You know, he, you know, he, he, could, work, he could be like one of the Goodfellas movie. He could be in a construction or something. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then how is or, he or, dumpster or though? Yeah. <laughs> You know, incorporate the dumpster in there too. Come on. Yeah, true. Well, if he told you, if he told you, he'd have to kill you. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so we saw our next match was probably you know you know one of the favorite matches I, I would assume on the card was uh, Yokozuna taking on the British Bulldog with James E. Cornette, everybody's favorite manager, in uh, the Bulldog's corner. Uh, we saw Yokozuna defeat the British Bulldog by DQ. And then uh, we saw some chicanery afterwards uh, with a uh, certain uh, certain man called Vader come out 
and uh, you know take out for the better use of terms Yokozuna, uh, double team him, triple team him with James Cornette. Uh, you know, obviously they're building a lot towards uh, towards WrestleMania with this, but uh, what do you guys think of this? Well, so going back to the promo prior to this match, uh, or as otherwise stated, the day that Kayfabe died. Um, so Yokozuna comes out, and basically they're, they're interviewing him, and he's he's talking for himself. We've never really heard Yokozuna talk a lick, but I mean, you could kind of tell when Yokozuna's talking, and maybe it's just me looking back on it now and kind of observing this, but you know, obviously Yokozuna coming across way more as the actual Samoan that he was rather than the, you know, the, the, the Japanese sumo wrestler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I found that fairly interesting too when you always had the mouthpiece with uh, Cornette to help him out, but you know, I, I think they're trying to something a little bit different, trying to have him be a uh, face at this time, so you know, it's you know, like you said, kayfabe, your kayfabe had to die sometime. And I remember as a, a kid this around this era, it was just Yokozuna and the British Bulldog. I don't want to say anything bad about the dead or whatever, but they were two guys that didn't really bring me into wrestling. You know, they were two of the guys that eventually uh, went away. I know Bulldog had a little stint there when, uh, when the Hart Foundation got back together uh, mm-hmm. a few years later, but uh, Yokozuna in a British Bulldog match, it, that's something even a young Dr. Huchenstein wouldn't get into. I would just be like, yeah, whatever. Well, as RJ would let you know, I mean, oh, Yokozuna geez. was fairly agile here. So, Okay, so, so, so I, make, I make one mistake, and you're never going to let me live it down. Yes, I did say he was agile for his weight. Yes, I did say, yeah, it's just, yeah. It was, Which, to be fair, was... to be fair, actually... Actually, I believe that was what the casket match we were going over. And if you if you find video of this, I mean, he was pretty agile because he had to flip his entire body around to get into the casket the correct way. Yeah. So he did save the so spot. Touché. So touche. So it's on you. You get an A for effort, sir. Yeah, and you can get that shirt over at whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book right now. Uh, so Also a Golden Voice shirt. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nobody no, knows. It's, 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 it's actually made for my tears. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so our next match was my favorite match of this card, uh, which pitted Shawn Michaels taking on Owen Hart with, yes, James E. Cornette in his corner yet again. Uh, but this time, they were actually fighting, wrestling for the number one contendership for the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania 12. Obviously, being a precursor, we knew what it was going to happen at WrestleMania 12 with that great Ironman match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. But at this time, obviously, we don't know. Uh, but this was, I thought this was a, uh, for what it was, it was a fantastic match. We saw, obviously, we saw Michaels go over on Hart. Uh, you know, there was a few spots there that kind of, you know, didn't really you know, fit, you know, kind of missed spots here and there. But, uh, you know, for for the time and for these two guys, these are probably two of the better workers of all time uh, in the business. And, uh, you know, definitely lived up to it. I can tell you that much right now. For sure. Uh, so, so, yeah. 
No, they, they uh, definitely are two of the best in the business, like you said, as far as in-ring work. So you got two legendary technicians. You got uh, Jim Cornette screaming his head off on the outside. Uh, it's, it, you can't really – you can't book that one any better, really, with Bret Hart uh, being in you know the championship match, like you said, going into WrestleMania and stuff like that, like that. Because even if it was Owen Hart at, at that time, which it probably wasn't. I mean, HBK was the hottest thing around – uh, people expected him to win, but even if it was Owen Hart, the Owen Hart, Bret Hart, WrestleMania, Iron Man would have been pretty cool, I think. Yeah, yeah, like I said, we, you can't go wrong with that. Obviously, being a precursor now to see it, at, you know, a hindsight, but... Uh, how, how about uh, how about Shawn Michaels uh, kind of being on the roof and dancing here uh, to, to kind of do his oh. entrance that way and the way he came down? That was That was fairly interesting. You know, I, it, it kind of reminds me of those. You go back in the days when you actually play on the uh, on the uh, jungle gym or something at the playground at school or something when you're in uh, elementary school, and you kind of try to figure out. You try to do the same thing on the zip line on that. It's like, eh, don't don't hurt yourself. Don't don't fall. And you know, obviously, you know, you do the fist he, pump though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, you have to. And you, you could see him kind of bending down to say, okay, am I done yet? Am I done yet? Am I done yet? And I'm like, just 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 have a regular entrance, man. Come on. <laughs> Thank goodness Mick Foley wasn't here at this time because, you know, might have got that itch to do some backyard wrestling again. Oh, God, jumping off. The, yeah, yeah, right. No kidding. Uh, but, you know, for the main event of this evening, we saw the WWF championship on the line which pitted the champion Bret Hart against Diesel in a steel cage match. Uh, for this, you know, we saw, we brought back big, uh, big old, uh, big blue, uh, blue cage, old school cage, uh, unlike the ones we see today with the chain link fence. Uh, you know, I've always been a big fan of that, you know, because, you know, you get, you go off the ropes, you can hear them, you can hear it moving. You can, it's all the noise, when that goes into it, uh, but uh, this match definitely lived up to the anticipation that I had for it, anyways. And then obviously we saw the Undertaker make an appearance, coming out from underneath the ring uh, and uh, taking Diesel down. Uh, obviously, we saw later on we saw him and another uh, Undertaker take uh, takes main stage at WrestleMania, but. What did you guys think of this Bret Hart Diesel match? Um, I mean, I I, I thought it was a, a solid match. I mean, you're you're going to be hard pressed to find a match that Bret Hart's involved in that isn't you know at least watchable, right? Um, Diesel was what he was here, uh, but it, you know I think it was the ending definitely made up for probably what was lacking during the match. Um, it was fairly interesting to see. It, it was I was curious too, and I think. I believe I, I read this somewhere down the line, but so I always wondered, you know, you saw Undertaker kind of drag Diesel to hell, as it were, um, but then, like, Diesel kind of popped right back up and then, like, kind of got out of the ring or whatever, um, and there was an old story that the reason why he didn't kind of stay down there um, was because uh, he was, like, claustrophobic or something. I don't know how, how true that is, but... Um, it was just interesting because usually when you see like an Undertaker or Kane drag somebody down, they kind of keep them, you know, underneath the ring. So that's yeah. what I took from it. So like, I'm not staying under the ring. I'm Big Daddy Cool, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> the 
but yeah, that one out. <laughs> down there, it's like, eh, yeah, let's just go. <laughs> yeah. And but, you know, Big Daddy Cool, he only has like six moves. He was more about his look and size and, you know, that whole deal. But when he's with Bret Hart, it was kind of a different story on a, on a few different matches. But definitely this was one of them and the pop at the end. It's a that's a home run right there with the Undertaker. Anytime he's popping up underneath the ring, everybody likes that. And speaking of popping up, let's Uh-oh. hear about our sponsor, Blue Ch- Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners here at Revisionist Booking Podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WPP to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for supporting the network. And as always, you're welcome. So a big props and big thanks to our great sponsor over at Blue Chew. But the reason why everybody's here, no, it's not for Blue Chew. Yes, it is a great product. But they're here for us to rebook this wonderful pay-per-view that we just went through. Uh, you know, Dr. Huge, you're our guest. Feel free, you know, start off with your uh, with your first match, man. All right. Well. My first match will be HBK versus Triple H. And that would be in the the number one slot. We're going to start that off to kick off the night. Because I believe back in those days they were like friendly and then they were enemies. Then they have a spot where they they both had the hot ladies coming out at WrestleMania. I think that was still way after this, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. I think it was either this year or the next year. Yeah. So I'm thinking you start that early, you get this going to start your show, because they like they're awesome. <laughs> you know, the two yeah, of yeah. top ten all time wrestlers, and uh, and you know what? You you give Triple H the win. Well, he's technically Hunter S. Helmsley, but we'll still call him Triple H because it's easier. Mm-hmm. You give Hunter Hunter the win, uh, and start to build him up going forward because he's still, to me, when I was watching back in these days, uh, you could tell he was somebody that the company liked, but he was never a guy until he was with Shawn Michaels. He was never one of the real click guys. Even like one, two, three kid at this point still had more clout, I would say, to mm-hmm. the wrestling fans back then than uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley because it was such a the posh character. But I think this could be, this could, could kick off the whole thing right mm-hmm. here. Like a vicious... Uh, brutal win over a guy that's clearly going to win the belt soon. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. It's, you know, start off definitely start off hot. I can tell you that much. 
Yeah, for sure. So if I would like to go next, Michael, if that's all right with you. Of and course. you're welcome. No, you're welcome. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a title match. You know, we didn't see we only saw one on the main card. I'm gonna actually make one up that was on the dark a dark match. I'm gonna have the Intercontinental Championship be up for grabs. Goldust taking on the Undertaker. Obviously, we know the surroundings. What would happen later at the paper or later on in the pay per view? But you know, this is something that you know Undertaker didn't really wrestle that much for the uh, for the Intercontinental Intercontinental Championship. He was more of a heavyweight kind of guy. But uh, we're gonna see, you know, we're gonna see the Undertaker go over. But we're getting some shenanigans. We're gonna see another referee come out. And I come out and tell the other referee that, hey, something happened. So what they're going to have here is a dusty finish. We're not going to have The Undertaker win. We're going to have shenanigans. We're going to have Goldust regain his Intercontinental Championship, but without, uh, you know, without any, uh, you know, shenanigans, we can say, after that. So uh, the Intercontinental Championship is not going anywhere. Stand around the waist of Goldust. All right. So, as we say, great minds think a lot, or not. So, my uh, first match is going to see Goldust defend his Intercontinental Championship, but he's going to defend it up against Yokozuna. So, we're going to see uh, a program kind of get started between the two. Goldust does his Goldust gimmick, does his hijinks, uh, and really, you know, comes out, always gets the upper hand kind of on Yoko. Uh, who's now, of course, doesn't have the backup that he once had and uh, doesn't have a manager, so to speak. Um, but, you know, during this match, what we're going to see is Marlena's going to go to interfere, and it's going to kind of backfire uh, on Goldust, and Yoko is going to catch Goldust, and he's going to give him not one, but two bonsai drops. Your winner and new Intercontinental Champion, Yokozuna. Hmm. A very, like stealth, a very stealth Yokozuna, mind you. Very, very agile, and even more agile with the <laughs> Intercontinental title. Well, I won't say around his waist. Who are we kidding? He's holding that over his shoulder, but yeah, there you go. It's going to look like a toy belt, but hey, it works. <laughs> so, Dr. Hughes, what do you, what you, what you got for your second match? All right, after my second match, to keep everybody interested but not have to take a, such a hardcore wrestling angle like we we just did. You go Vince McMahon versus James Cornette with Owen Hart to the ring. You know, vice versa. So Owen's going to guard the ring. And this is going to be, you know, we're just going to make up some story about how this is going to work out for uh, Owen Hart and his benefit moving forward with his career because... You know, whatever, the jealousy, Bret Hart being the champion, um, just trying to move him along. So we we don't know at this point that Vince McMahon is anybody. He's just an announcer. But then again, it is so close that I think it's time. Let's get Vince McMahon and make him the bad guy Vince McMahon right now and bury Owen Hart by destroying Corny in a cage right in front of him and there's nothing he can do about it because he really runs the company and he'll have people come out and stop Owen Hart because they think that, uh, you know, Owen Hart thinks he's going to come down there and interfere with the match. No, no, no. Evil Vince McMahon now, who has just showed up, is like, no, 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 I'm way ahead of you. Nice. 
Well, I guess he had no ch- he had no chance, I guess, huh? Exactly. <laughs> All right, so my second match, you know, a lot of this this five match uh, this five match card, you know, you got to have some sort of filler. Um, like I said last week, I hate using using filler with uh, these two guys as well, but I'm gonna have Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Uh, you know, we have a lot of build for Hunter Hurst Helmsley going forward. We know obviously what he would turn into, uh, but at this time, you know, you try to you know, strap the rocket to him and take him to the moon. And what better guy to get him over than Jake the Snake Roberts? Uh, you know, Hunter Hearst Helms, he's going to be coming out with that beautiful woman like he always does. Uh, at this time, you know, he's going to hit that pedigree a couple times and pick up this victory, hard-fought victory over uh, the future Hall of Famer, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Nice. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my second match here. And this match is going to be a snake versus dog match. It's a number one contendership uh, match for the Intercontinental title. That was just won by big old Yoko Zuna. So you're going to see Jake the Snake Roberts go one-on-one with the British Bulldog. Uh, and basically you're going to get, you know, you're going to have a lot of involvement in this match. You have, uh, you do have uh, James E or Jim Cornette. Uh, you're going to see a ref bump. Jake's going to go for the snake and he's going to go try to attack Jim Cornette. Uh, kind of tease that he's going to go after him with the snake, but you're going to see Vader who had been suspended come out of the crowd. He's going to come out and as Jake, the snake is chasing Jim Cornette, Vader is going to lay out Jake the Snake Roberts. Going to roll him in the ring. Cornette's going to revive the ref. You're going to get the one, two, three. And the winner and new number one contender for the Intercontinental title, the British Bulldog. (laughs) (laughs) Vader is, he's so, he was so disrespected in the WWF. And he liked it. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, and, and you always had that, right? Because back then, you know, maybe less so today, you, the WWF, when you were a WCW guy coming in, you were, you were, you were jobbing, right? You were going to yeah. be the guy who jobbed because if you weren't someone who was created by the WWF machine, Vince McMahon, and, and we've all seen, you know, I don't think I need to go into detail. I think our listeners understand that. Um, and those that, that don't or don't remember or weren't around for that, you know, I mean, yeah, it was hard, you know, and you had someone like Vader who was built so strong and it was booked so strong in WCW, but yeah, I would agree with, with you, Dr. Huge. I think, uh, he was, you know, really not respected or booked the same way in WWF and he was more kind of like bringing in a monster to put over the other monsters and sometimes yeah. not so big monsters. Yeah, definitely. That definitely works. So, Dr. Huge, what do you got for your third match? The third match is the IC Championship. You got Razor Ramon. You got one, two, three Kid and Diesel. And I'm going to give Diesel the win and how he gets it. Is Razor Ramon, one, two, three kids, still beefing with each other, kind of in the normal storyline. And uh, Diesel looks at both of them like, are you crazy? I'm the biggest guy in here. I'm going to do my three moves on Razor Ramon, 
three moves on one, two, three kid after I allow them to beat each other up for a while and walk out with the championship and scoff about it, you know, be like, well, what was this? <laughs> I like it. No, it makes, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. So, you know, my next match is going to be a number one contenders match for the WWF title. We're going to, I'm going to keep it the same. I'm going to keep it Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, but this time I'm going to have a no contest. I'm going to have them, you know, whether it be Jim's Cornettes gets involved or, you know, they get some short, short, some short sort of shenanigans going on with this just to cause a no contest uh, for this match. Uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart, you know, they're going to go back and forth on who they really think deserves to go after Bret Hart. Is going to be, is Owen going to go after his brother for the title? Is HBK going to go after Hart for the title? Who knows? This is going to be that build-up towards WrestleMania 12. And then eventually at WrestleMania 12, we're going to see, you know, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, Bret Hart in a triple threat match for the WWF uh, Heavyweight Championship to make all parties uh, happy and, uh, you know, make the fans happy as well at the end of the day. Nice. All right, so for my third match, uh, we're going to see a match where you're going to have Triple H, and Triple H is going to be accompanied to the ring uh, with his buddy, uh, the 1-2-3 kid. Uh, they're going to kind of have, you know, a line together. Uh, and in this match, Triple H, or Hunter Hearst Helmsley, as it were, uh, is going to go up against none other than Chico Reza Ramon. And you're going to see those two going at it, one, two, three kids going to try to get involved here, but his interference is going to backfire, and it's going to allow Razor to hit that Razor's Edge on Triple H, and your winner, Razor Ramon. Wow, interesting, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, can't can't go wrong with you know. And it, do you think at this time, you know, just not to get too sidetracked on this, but it's always been a at this time, it's always been interesting for me to look at it. If they would have done uh, just more justice by Scott Hall, Razor Ramon at this time, do you think he would have, you know, would have stayed in the WWF instead of jumping ship? Or do you think, you know, he kind of made his mind up at that point? <clears throat> Absolutely not. Um, I think, and it's, I'm pretty sure Scott Hall has went on record as saying this, that the most desirable thing to him was the limited dates that he had with WCW on top of the fact, of course, money. So I think for him and maybe uh, to a similar extent uh, with Kevin Nash or Diesel, of course, is that they were looking at having to do less work and less dates and getting paid more money. But I think all things being equal, they either way they were going to have less dates and less commitment um, to really do what they had to do in WCW. So I, I don't think the way he was booked really held much, if any, bearing on whether he was going to stay uh, with WWF. Because I think they booked him fairly strong, to be fair. I mean, he never got to the World Championship, but... Yeah, that was definitely something I would have liked to see uh, to see later on. And I don't even think he won it in, the, uh, in WCW. I know he got towards the television title. And... No. He, he, uh, he, the US I, title. I'm pretty sure he did win the uh, the world championship in WCW. Doctor Huge, do you recall? I don't remember Scott Hall winning the the uh, championship over oh. there. 
It could have happened probably late in 98, 99. Yeah, could towards have. the end there. Yeah, towards the end there. Because yeah. I, I, I do remember seeing him with uh, the tag straps and then the yep. uh, uh, U.S. title as well, but I get the... He, he very well may, may could have. I couldn't. You know, once Same thing as WWE, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he never really had the main strap in WWE, right? No. Yeah, no. And, and I would say that, like, when he was part of WWF, that was the one thing, too, right? Like, But I don't think we even really saw him in a world championship match in WWF. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact we did see that in WCW. Yeah. Well, and, and, and rightfully so, too. The championship doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he's over. He could have very well been over, and was over, with even without this championship around his waist, you know. Oh, yeah. He had he had that gimmick, you know, he was selling the merch, you know. Whether he was a heel or he was a face, he was always being, he's either being cheered or he's being booed, so he was over, regardless. Yeah, no, for, for sure. No doubt about that. So we're on uh, match number four of this great pay-per-view. Dr. Hooch, what do you got, my friend? All right, match number four, Gold Dust versus Vader for the number one contender spot, kind of like what you had there, RJ. But uh-huh. uh, Gold Dust keeps coming on to Vader. You know, Vader's <laughs> all weirded out by it, terrified of uh, Gold Dust, but manages to pull out the win, gives him his uh, finishing maneuver. Fairly simple match. One, two, three. Vader goes on because we got to give him some respect, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> you got you got to at this point, you know. And I think you know, with Vader coming over now from uh, from WCW, you know, he's coming in here and he's think that uh, you know his stuff doesn't stink. But you know, at this point, it's like you know you got all these other guys around you that you kind of have to. You know, you're gonna have to work with the likes of Yokozuna or British Bulldog or yeah. Owen Hart, or whatever, whomever. So you know, you gotta kind of just, just sit back. It's a different, different promotion. It's a different ran promotion, obviously going from WCW over to WWF at this time. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, Vader's Vader, but you know, at this time, it's like okay, you gotta kind of take your uh, licks at the t- at the same time too. So yeah. Uh, so, my next match, my fourth match of the evening, you know, I, I used a match that was uh, kicked off the night, which was uh, Razor Ramon taking on the 1-2-3 kid. Um, in the previous, in the actual match, it was a crybaby match. It didn't work for me, so I kind of wanted to, you know, kind of rework it a little bit. I made them go into a 30-minute Iron Man match. Um, I'm not going to go a full 60 because obviously we, we don't want to take too much away from the heavyweight championship match that would main event this event. So, but still have a good enough match to, you know, draw those people in, draw those people in to be there to actually watch the pay-per-view. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have the one, two, three kid Sean Waltman go over on Razor Ramon in a 30 minute Ironman match. Um, just the same reasons that I had Hunter Hearst Helmsley win in my opening match is the company, the promotion, Vince McMahon, whatever you, whoever you want to say, knew what they had in these two guys. They're young, they're up and coming. You strap the rocket to them and take them to the moon, you know. And you know, Razor was, uh, you know, great in putting guys over, and he was good at heat. And you know, it's going to show it in this match. And 
he's also good. He's very endurant, uh, has great endurance as well as, you know, Waltman has that karate, that taekwondo, whatever you want to call it, background too. So he's a multi-level uh, superstar. So I'm going to have the one, two, three kid go over uh, once again at Razor Ramon in a 30-minute Ironman match. All right, interesting. So uh, for my next match, it's going to be the fourth match on this card. Um, and this is going to be, we're going to do a co-main event here. Uh, so this is going to be the first part of that in the fourth match. Uh, and in this match, we're going to see Bret Hart def defend the WWF World Heavyweight Championship against his brother, Owen Hart. Uh, and this is going to be a pretty hyped match here. Uh, obviously, you know, we, have er we had already seen this match. We had seen Owen. Uh, he was successful against Bret Hart. Um, I believe that was WrestleMania 10, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, this match is going to be hyped up. Bret's going to have to defend the title against his brother. Uh, and lo and behold... Owen Hart, clean, is going to beat Bret Hart and win the WWF World Heavyweight Championship and go on to headline WrestleMania. Hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting way of doing it. Uh, I, will, I will have to give you an A for effort, Michael. <laughs> for sure. Now, you know, obviously, for, for, for shit, and I appreciate it. But now, for shit, you know, would... Would you still have Shawn Michaels go to WrestleMania and face Owen then? I'm not going to give away my next match yet. Gotcha. It's the pay-per-view match coming up. That, that's the one you're talking about? Yes. Darn, darn, darn it to heck. So, so basically, basically, I'll just let you know that my main event will involve Shawn Michaels going up against Diesel, and the winner of that match would move on to WrestleMania. So. Okay, okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, now that I spoil that spoil alert after the fact, <laughs> but you know, well, what do you what do you want? I'm Canadian. All I can you say know? is you're welcome, and you do not get an A for effort. Yeah. Well, no, I get an A minus. Uh, so, Doctor <laughs> Huge, what is your uh, what is your main event? My main event. Here it's a go. very simple main event, but it's a good one. It's a you huge got one. Bret Hart defending the championship against Undertaker. Yes, it's been done. But we can do it again. And Undertaker will still have the opera mask on. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of them grind them out for heart. Nice, technical, cool, everything. The same old type of stuff. But at the very end, Duke, the dumpster droats, comes out. And he comes out dressed in dark clothes with an opera mask on as well. And holds Bret Hart's legs down when being pinned by Taker outside the ring, and then slides back inside the ring because he comes from underneath the ring. You understand? Yep. Mm -hmm. In Taker style, and then maybe you could put like some smoke or something in around the ring, and then he could be like the first minion going forward. And then I, I don't care. I'm gonna give away my pay per view. Obviously, it's gonna be now the new champion Taker taking on. Vader, and they're gonna come out in all kinds of crazy masks, and the Mastodon will come out, and you know it's gonna be a, a sight to see. Nice. That they can't go wrong with that. That's that's a that's an interesting way of kind of doing re, rebooking it. Obviously, to use that term, but uh, so you know, this is gonna. It tends to be a general saying that we have on the show is, it's not broke, don't fix it. My main event is going to be the exact same main event that it was for the pay-per-view. 
Bret Hart, your champion, going against Diesel to retain and beating Diesel to retain his title. Because, like I said, I previously in my number one contenders match, I want to see you know Bret Hart and uh, HBK go at it. But even more, I want to see Bret Hart, Owen Hart, and HBK go at it at WrestleMania 12. And there's only one way to do that is to have Bret Hart win here. Uh, you know, his resume speaks for itself. You know what he's going to do. He's going to try to ground Diesel. Bigger man, big trees fall hard, you know. So it it's going to be a knockout, dragout wrestling match. It's not going to be, you know, flying fists and all that stuff that Diesel wants to do. It's going to be that mat-based math, math wrestling that Bret Hart was trained to in the, in the, in the dungeon at his uh, father's house, the Hart Dungeon. So your winner and still WWF heavyweight champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. He's happy to hear it, I bet. Of course. I, I know he's listening. You know, he, yeah. he, he, he tweeted at me saying, hey, I'm listening to the show. Hopefully you, uh, you'll put me over. I said, sure, anything for you, champ. Yep, fellow ca- fellow Canadians scratching each other's backs. Typical. Hey, hey. Why, why, we, why we eat some poutine? Oh, boy. All <laughs> right. So moving on to my main event. Uh, and aforementioned, it's going to be Diesel going up against Shawn Michaels in a cage for the number one contendership match. And shocker here, we're going to get the same ending that you ended up getting in the championship match in the original pay-per-view. You're going to get Undertaker to come out under the ring, uh, and he is going to stop Diesel from escaping. And this is going to allow the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, to escape. And he will be the number one contendership for now Owen Hart's uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship. And it will be, at WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels going up against Owen Hart, not Bret Hart. And the reason for that, really, to have a clear heel versus a clear face, I think this was the first time, well, I'm sorry, take that back it was the second time right because you had warrior versus hogan but this was you know this was it it wasn't usual back then to have kind of a face versus face and i don't really it was it was a great match two guys that could go uh between bret hart and Shawn michaels but it seemed to be missing some psychology uh, at least up until the end when they you know of course restarted the match but i'm gonna go ahead and go here with uh it's gonna be owen hart versus Shawn michaels instead and, you know, you can have Bret Hart get involved. You never know. Is he going to side with his brother or is he going to help Sean? So that'd be another thing you could consider. Yeah, and, and, and the main thing that you can get from this card, though, is looking back at it now, uh, obviously being, you know, being 28, or excuse me, 23 years after the fact, you know, a lot of this stuff still holds up. It's nice to go back, and for me anyways, and seeing guys like Shawn Michaels, guys like Owen Hart and uh, uh, Triple H, and see where they started, you know, whether it be here or WCW, whatever, and see how they, you know, they came up and the and it grew up in the in the company uh, and in the uh, in the wrestling world too. So you can't go definitely can't go wrong with this card. And uh, hopefully all our loyal revisionist revolutionists out there uh, enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, it was definitely it was, it was definitely fun. And we appreciate you coming on, Dr. Huge. 
you know, we're both Michael and I are big, uh, both big fans of what you what you're doing on Periscope and Twitch and all your gaming that you got going on. And you know, it's one of those things. I go on my phone, and I, I go on my phone or my tel- or my iPad or something, and uh, later at night, I'm like, okay, I gotta can't go to sleep. I'm like, oh, let's see what Doctor Huge is doing. Maybe he's playing something. And sure as sure as hell, you know, it's sitting right there. You're playing this, you're playing that. I'm like, oh, what the heck? I gotta check this out. You know. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, it's starting to really pick up steam. We've been doing it for, you know, a few years now uh, with the live streaming and stuff. So coming up on a couple years, but that's what we like uh, mainly do. So I like to uh, connect with the people and hear their comments uh, while it comes through live. And, you know, I swear my head off and stuff on there and it's a good old time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you know, for, 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 our, for our listeners that aren't, aren't familiar uh uh, familiar with uh, what you do on Periscope and your streaming. I, first of all, shame on them because you do a fantastic job. But you know, just kind of just briefly, briefly tell them you know what uh, what uh, what you do, how they can get a hold of you online, and, and check out your great content. Yeah, well, the easiest way I would say is at uh, Doctor Huge Show on Twitter. All the links are really go through there. Um, so if you have that, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the Dr. Hugenstein Show, if you just look that up online. But like I said, it's mainly uh, the live streams, which come through a bunch of different platforms, you know, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Mixer. I'm going to be adding more, so we're out here. All you got to do is really just uh, search whatever application you're using, and we'll probably show up there, and uh, you can get notifications and join us uh, when we go live like three or four times a day. Yeah, yeah for sure. Go. I mean... Uh, I'd like to say too, uh, Doctor Huge. I'm a proud Patreon of your show, so or patron of your show. So check out Patreon.com uh, or forward slash Doctor Huge Show. Uh, D R H U G E S H O W, and check him out there. You can support him there as well. Um, although I will say I am banned, so that's that's one <laughs> yeah. thing that. Uh, well, you're yeah. not banned from uh, donating; just banned from speaking. Oh, that's 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 funny. That's funny how that works. <laughs> so, so that's all I have to do, huh? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that, guys. Well, appreciate you coming on, Doctor Huge. You're more than you more than welcome to come back on uh, whenever you want to. Too, it was great having you on finally, and. Uh, you know, definitely keep up the good work. We'll definitely be uh, watching you and uh, keeping up with your work. Cool. Well, it's been fun. Thanks, guys. All right. No Take care. So, ladies and gentlemen, big thanks to Dr. Huge for coming on the show tonight. Definitely great to have him on finally. Uh, but there's only one way we can end this show tonight, and that's by doing our rig side rant segment. So, Michael if you will give me my task for this episode all right so i'm going to give you your medicine here you're going to have 30 seconds as our listeners know and so your task in your medicine this week is going to be why were the fake diesel and razor ramon better than the original diesel and razor ramon also known as kevin nash and scott hall why were they better? Why were the fake ones better? Why were the, the fake ones? ones better and more over? Let me know when you're ready. Okay. All right. And three, two, one, go. 
So, you, so those of you that know, that don't know, the fake diesel was Kane. So what better way to be over than with a future Hall of Famer in Kane, a future mayor in Kane? What trumps an actual superstar is an actual mayor. But what even trumps that is being recruited by the one, the only, Jim, or Jim Ross, JR. So if you're recruited by them, you're automatically a much better and superstar done. than the real ones. All right. There you go. All right. I think I did fairly well. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough one. For what for it sure. was worth. That's a tough one to get. I, I must give you an A-plus for that. You're welcome. Oh, of, of course. So your medicine... Uh-oh. For this episode. I like that. I'm, I'm, we're going to use that. Uh, we're going to use your medicine for this episode. Is going to be Ahmed Johnson should have been the leader of the Nation of Domination. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. This Let guy. me know. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Maybe. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Well, you know the nation of domination. They put the domination into that nation. And who was more dominant at this time? Who was stronger than that man, Ahmed Johnson? And he should have been the man leading the charge. Not Farouk. Farouk was kind of older at this time. You had to go with the man, the beast, Rah, Ahmed Johnson, leader, Nation of Domination. Stop. Yeah, definitely, you know, not a lot of people were, you know, fans of Ahmed Johnson. I got his whole thing, but, you know, it was what it was. He did his job, but. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, 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 that's what was so tough about it for me. I was not someone who really dug Ahmed Johnson for whatever reason. Although he did a great yeah. job on uh, why it ended. Check out why it ended, of course. But yeah, uh, oh, yeah. on why it ended, I, that he was very, very interesting, very interesting um, stuff over there. You know, and unfortunately, you know, we'll use why it ended for example. Is you don't realize the uh, history of them until after the fact. You don't really uh, acknowledge them when they're in, when you're in the moment. But like I said, I digress. But Michael, appreciate, uh, obviously, another great episode. Uh, you can head over to our Twitter feed, at Revisionist Book. You can head over to my Twitter feed, at KrasinskiRJ. You can hit Michael, at Michael Berry Sr. But, like I said, if you follow us right there, at Revisionist Book, both our handles are right there in the description, so you have no reason not to follow all three accounts. Uh, but if you also head over to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash wrestling perspective network you can get our this episode right there uh whatever platform you have whether you have apple products or uh, droids or whatever you want to listen to it on a laptop you could certainly do it there we're also on itunes too so if you have access to an itunes account that's easy it'll download right to your device of choice you hop on there give us a five-star review we appreciate it very much so uh, you know, more than you can imagine. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want to hear because we're always looking for, you know, new 
uh, kind of different shows that you want us to rebook. You know, we're taking we're taking applications for new and improved show ideas or show topics um, that everybody wants to hear out there. Uh, but big props to everybody that has um, you know listened so far um, to to the show. You know, guys, uh, you know, from uh, you know Jay Z to Hoop to uh, uh, you know Mags and Bags to all the guys over at the. Uh, the Visionaries Wrestling Network um, that tune in every week with, uh, you know, MGB podcasts, all those great guys over there in, in that network, Good Cop, Bad Cop, with the uh, Backstraw Boys and uh, Mad Attack Willis. Um, very, very, very kind words uh, that I don't know if they're talking to you about it, but definitely expressing it to me um, that uh, they're enjoying the show, that they're listening every Tuesday. So it's, 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 it, it makes you feel good a little bit. We're, obviously, we're doing we're doing right, you know, but on the show, anyways. No, for sure, and definitely get your official revisionist booking merchandise over at whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book. Um, we appreciate it. We appreciate everyone who does support the show. Uh, we love each and every one of y'all, and of course, you're welcome. And RJ. Let the revisionist revolution begin.